Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline Destrems, here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategies for community-minded small businesses and nonprofits that fit your schedule and your budget while making your brand stand out in front of your audience. And joining me in the studio today is Melissa Drake, Co-Managing Director of Girls in Tech Phoenix. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we got just one just one guest today in the studio, but that's really exciting because then we get to talk all about Girls in Tech this entire time, um, which is good for me because I've heard the name before. I knew Girls in Tech Phoenix existed, um, but I don't really know much about Girls in Tech, and it wasn't actually until I think yesterday when I was reading over your um, profile information that uh, Girls in Tech is actually a global um, organization. So let's start, um, just tell me a little bit about yourself, Melissa, and a little bit about your involvement with Girls in Tech Phoenix. All right. Let's see, where do I start? <laughs> uh, I'm a former engineer. Mm-hmm. I used to work for NASA as a contractor at Johnson Space Center when the shuttle was still active. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, I came out here with my husband and I started working with Motorola and on Semiconductor as a product manager. And 9-11 happened and half of my group got laid off. So... What I decided to do, because I didn't want to go back into the semiconductor business, I decided to do a substitute teaching job, and I got the bug and went back to school, and I've been teaching for 12 years. I teach math. I've, teach, I've taught engineering mm-hmm. and IT, and I'm doing that right now at Shadow Ridge High School for Dysart School District. So that's where I'm at now, mm-hmm. career-wise. And... Uh, See, three or four years ago, Girls in Tech Global has this conference called the Catalyst Conference. So I got invited by ASU. So I was able to take a couple of hours off from my teaching schedule and I went. And uh, I was just amazed because all the individuals that were there were telling their personal stories of success and failures. They had the founder of Match.com. And she told her story and how, you know, she ended up selling it for a lot less than she should have gotten and so forth and so on. So, I mean, it's very humbling to come to this conference yeah. for these individuals to share that kind of thing. I was so impressed by it. I asked the CEO, uh, do you have a chapter here? And she said, we used to, but not anymore. Would you like to revive it? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Okay. So myself and Rebecca Clyde, we started uh, or revived the chapter two and a half years ago. Oh, wow. And it's a uh, Girls in Tech is a global organization, as I said. And it's just amazing all the individuals you meet when you go to other events and you meet other managing directors from other countries. And it's just, you know, we are all feeling the same kind of thing. Yeah. And basically what Girls in Tech does is we try to promote tech to younger kids, students, mm-hmm. and also to women that want to make a change uh, if they want to start their own business or if they need advice on what to do to move up 
the corporate ladder, and so forth and so on. So locally, we do a lot of different things that focus on that. So, uh, for example, at the Microsoft Store in Fashion Square, once a month, mm-hmm. the third Sunday from 1 to 3. And by the way, all our events are on event break. <laughs> we have workshops for middle school kids. And it's great because Microsoft develops the content and we just uh, publicize it and have the kids come for free. Yeah, actually, I think I saw you actually have one coming up. I think is it this Sunday, yes. June 30th. Yes. Yeah. And I um, was looking at some of the past topics and they're different every month. And yeah, it was just, it was really interesting to kind of look through all those different topics and see sometimes when you think um, tech, you might just think, of one thing or another. And it's so diverse. And those classes or workshops are all very diverse as well. They do a fantastic job creating workshops. And we're going to start our third year partnering with them. Oh, that's great. So they create a brand new set of workshops. It's not the same every year. So it's been fantastic. I love that program. The other thing we're going to do for high school kids is we are going to develop our first tech challenge robotics team. Oh, wow. And we want to have all girls. So if any girls that are around 15 through 18 want to participate, please let us know because we haven't found our team yet. And they can be from anywhere in the city. We will uh, meet at one venue and we just start building and planning and so forth and so on. When I was a teacher at Tolleson School District, when I got my first full-time job, I unknowingly decided to be a part of uh, (laughs) first robotics with this other teacher. And it was our first year doing it. And we didn't know how big it was going to be. And seven years later, you know, we kept doing it until I left the school. It's an amazing program. I still keep in touch with those students. So I'm hoping that that's the type of relationship where we will develop with this team that yeah. we will form. So what is the competition then? Are there different categories for the different um, robotics that you come up with? Where does the, do the students come up with an idea or pick a category? So first develops a theme okay. every year. So they do it for the elementary middle school kids, which is first Lego using Lego Mindstorm okay. kits. Uh-huh. And then the middle one, which I really like because it's easier and more economical, is the FTC. Uh-huh. And that's like a medium-sized robot. And then you have the big one, the high school one, which is like about my size. Oh, wow. So uh, they have three levels. Uh-huh. So the middle one, they start with their theme in September. So they uh, give you the instructions what your objectives are, and you can purchase a kit to help you set up the floor because mm-hmm. it's a big floor where you compete, right? Mm-hmm. So they, or they give you instructions to build your own if you can't afford to buy their kit. Right. So you start building your robot and you start doing the objectives of the game. And sometimes it's just shooting like maybe uh, little balls in a hoop uh-huh. or pushing things around. Very basic, nothing too bad for the middle. Yeah. Um, And what they do also for that competition is they have them behave like engineers. They have to document everything, Mm. you know, from the very beginning, who's their team, how did they uh, decide to build their design, 
they draw their design and so forth and so on. So it's hands-on. Right. That's why I love this program so yeah. much. And I imagine it's probably a really great way to like for uh, girls to explore um, engineering and um, technology. Um, it's fun to you know work together in a group, and like you said. The robots are simple enough that I, I can't imagine. I'm sure there's some frustration, but not so much frustration that, again, it's that just that learning experience of being able to create something um, together and then learning without even knowing that you're learning something. Yes, I've done all three competitions, mm-hmm. and this is my favorite because yeah. it's a nice balance. Right, right. So I'm looking forward to it. How long do they have to do the creation and the build? You know, I'm not sure. Um, with this competition, it's kind of uh, about four months, mm-hmm. I would guess. So they have plenty of time. Right. Versus the high school one, you only have six weeks. Oh, wow. And they're very strict about that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what, another reason I like this middle one because mm-hmm. we have more time. Yeah. So um, kind of going back then to um, Girls in Tech and when you were uh, first, you know, got together to revive um, the program here in Phoenix, what were some of the first things that you had to do then to kind of get that program back up and running again? So we created a launch event. Okay. And uh, that way we could get kicked off in full swing. And we actually had, uh, I can't remember what the film was, but we showed a film at the Science Center. Mm, okay. And it was about girls that started their own businesses. So we kind of showcased that so people would be interested in coming. And uh, I was actually one of the ones that planned the event, and it was so fun. And we had about 400 people come. Wow, that's great. So it it was the perfect venue, you know, the Science Center. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, how we got started. And what we did also is with the way the corporate global organization does their setup of chapters, they want to make sure that you have a full board Mm -hmm. and that you're set up before they actually approve you. Right. So we had that already situated so we had different tables with different uh, committees so if people were interested in participating it was like a recruiting tool for our chapter right so that was really nice because that's where we gained some of our membership Mm -hmm. so um, that's how we started and what we did after that is we I'm very big on planning, strategic planning. So we had a retreat and we decided, okay, what are we going to focus on? So we wanted to focus on uh, students, middle school, high school, college, women that needed help with uh, moving higher up or getting advice on entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So those were our main things for the year. So we started planning events based on those goals. And we still meet yearly to status if we're on target, if we're not on target, and we change things as need be. So we're like a little company. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what types of, we talked about the Microsoft event, but what other things are you then doing in the community then to kind of further this mission of, you know, exposing more, more kids and more women to technology? So one example, we just had our mentorship meetup yesterday, and we have different speakers every other month to come talk about how to say, for instance, yesterday was the gender communication, how Mm -hmm. men communicate versus women. Mm -hmm. And this particular person is a coach, 
and she was giving us different examples of what we could do to ask for stuff because sometimes as women we feel like okay you know we are expected to get things but we can't get things if we don't ask for it so that was a really good pointer that she gave us and she actually made us practice it she says okay uh, get with the person next to you and ask for something use these steps and they did it so it's only an hour, but it's a good networking opportunity. And I think yesterday was our biggest turnout. It's a small uh, venue, about uh, 28. So it's very intimate. And mm-hmm. I think I like our intimate events better than our big, huge events because you get to know individuals. Oh, yeah, definitely. You get to kind of get to, like you said, get to know them individually. They, But then also they get to know you and your organization a little bit better yes. as well. So yes. um, so are they all members then that come to these events or are they open to? They're any- open to anybody. Oh, great. And right now, by the way, yeah? <laughs> membership to Girls in Tech is free. Oh, good. So if you go to girlsintech.org, uh, they have a global map and you click on Arizona, click on Phoenix, and it takes you to our webpage. And you can go to the contact information. And if you fill all that in, you automatically get added to our distribution list. Mm -hmm. So right now we're not charging dues, but we are planning to. So Mm -hmm. take advantage of that now. So what happens then once once you become a member then of Girls in Tech Phoenix? What does that mean? What do you get from that membership? So you get information about our upcoming events firsthand. And then we also have a newsletter where we advertise certain different things like jobs. We profile some of our members. Mm -hmm. So you get that. And um, if you do become a committee member or chair, you do get to attend the things, the events for free because you're a member, especially if you volunteer. Sometimes I still pay. (laughs) because <laughs> right. I, I actually you know just want don't want to do anything and right. I just want to participate yeah so you know but I don't have to but <laughs> so primarily that and I think the biggest thing is the networking part mm-hmm. um, if you're seeking you know contacts for a certain thing to get advice you know on business this is the place to to do it in um, that's one thing that I liked about the Catalyst Conference. And I just went, by the way, last week. Oh, okay. I was at a conference last week, too. (laughs) It's conference season. It is. It is. Rebecca and I were in attendance, and we just love it. We just love it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know the actress from uh, Big Bang Theory? Mm -hmm. I can never say her name, but she's Sheldon's uh, girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Amy. Amy, She was one of the main speakers. (laughs) Oh, that's great. And she told us her story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's a neuroscientist. Mm Yep. So she was telling us how she, you know, ended up acting. Right. And it was just an amazing story, very inspirational. So we have those type of events where we have panelists come Mm -hmm. and they tell their story. And that motivates a lot of women to say, hey, you know, I can do what she does. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. So that those are the kinds of events that we try to have here as well. Mm-hmm. Whether it's one speaker or panelists, every year we try to have events like that. Yeah. The other thing that we just had with Goodyear, the city of Goodyear, is we had a hackathon. But it's not your typical hackathon where you have to... Uh, have a bunch of uh, IT guys that are, you know, programming and stuff. 
um, that's ideal. But the main point was to create a product or an app or a website, whatever, to benefit the community. Oh, wow. So that's uh, how our hackathons work. Right. So, yeah. And I think I saw something about those on the, again, on the global site. So these are events that take place all over the country. So not just here in Phoenix. If somebody happens to be listening and they're outside of Phoenix, take a look at the global Girls in Tech website because um, that was one of the things that really kind of piqued my interest um, is what types of events um, and especially these hackathons where the focus is coming up with, like you said, something that's going to benefit the community. So what type of, um, is it one, everybody's working on one particular um, product or is it um, various different ones? Like for instance, with the Goodyear event. It works a lot like what they do with Startup Week okay, uh, or Startup Weekend. Mm-hmm. You come to the event with an idea and there could be 100 people there. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to present your idea. If you don't want to, you can just participate. But you present your idea and the participants vote on it. And the top 10 ideas get to be worked on. Oh, wow. And then those top 10 people mm-hmm. pitch their idea again. So if your idea didn't get selected, you can decide what person you want to work with based on their product. Right. So then they have about a day and a half to work on the product. They do not not necessarily have to complete the product, Mm -hmm. but the concept needs to be developed. Right. You need to have a business plan and so forth and so on. So on the last day, you uh, present it with your team. And there's like a set of uh, panel judges. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's prizes. Well, actually, we always do have a prize. Uh, sometimes it can be, you know, money. Sometimes it could be like, uh, I think this past time we did raspberry pies oh. <laughs> for each individual. So um, they present it. It gets voted on and that's it. But we get a lot of reviews of how much fun yeah. they had. Yeah. And it is a really great event if mm-hmm. you've never done one, even if you just want to do something for fun. Right. <laughs> so what were some of the ideas then that were presented? And Ooh, Let's see if I remember. So actually, my students participated uh-huh. in my programming class, and they wanted to develop a networking site that uh, you could use that would be safe, mm-hmm. so that people wouldn't get uh, hacked into. Mm-hmm. So what they created was the actual website to market it, uh-huh. but they actually didn't couldn't do the networking because right. it's more complicated yeah. than that. Yeah. So they did that, and one other uh, group did a wardrobe for people that are uh, having disabilities. Hmm. So, for instance, creating a dress that has Velcro so the person can put it on more easily. Oh wow! Things like That's that. That's great. And. I can't remember anymore. Yeah. Right so now, again, but... it's all different type. It doesn't necessarily have to be like you said, coding. Exactly. Um, it, that that um, clothing one sounds, you know, really great. So are there are people of all ages that are participating in this? In or this one, it, yeah. we allowed high schoolers on up. Oh, okay. And we are going to do another one, which is called Hacking for Humanity. Mm-hmm. And that's a global girls in tech activity. Right. And we will focus on two nonprofits and see what they need. 
and the participants will need to develop something that based on that. Oh, that's great. So how are the nonprofits then? How I mean, how do you narrow that down to two? So we were just talking about that at a board meeting a couple of <laughs> days ago. So we just said, okay, you know, you, if you guys know someone that has a need, just right. put it on the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll probably just select two since we're this is our first time right, doing it. Right, right. Uh, but we're open. So if any nonprofit is interested, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. And again, it doesn't necessarily need to be a tech a thing. Tech thing. Um, although, you know, it, that's probably one of the most difficult things, I guess, I would say, you know, for a nonprofit, if they're wanting um, something along those lines um, that created it, for them, this might be a great way to get some get some traction on that. It could be as simple as creating an app for them mm-hmm. to advertise what they do. Right. You know, it could be that simplistic or an app uh, to find out what, they need, like right. say if it's a clothing donation thing. Yes. Like a wish list app. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And when is that coming up? Did you have a date for November that? 9th and 10th. Oh, okay. Great. And we don't have a venue yet, uh, but look on Eventbrite and mm-hmm. you'll see the details <laughs> forthcoming. <laughs> yeah. So with all these different types of events and such that you have, and being that your background, um, well, your most recent background is in um, teaching. What would you say are some of the things that um, get students interested in in tech careers? I mean, we talked about the robot building, but what are some of the other things that you've seen that really um, kind of lights up students' eyes when you talk to them about tech or engineering that you kind of think sparks them in that direction? So I've tried different things because each kid thinks differently. Yeah. So a lot of it uh, is the hands-on. So I try to do activities in the classroom where they have to do something, where they have to build something and collaborate with other kids. And there's this one activity that I do every year, and it's uh, the marshmallow challenge. Oh. (laughs) So you have to build a spaghetti tower with marshmallow. Oh, gosh. With one marshmallow. Oh. uh, And tape. (laughs) And string. So it's a challenge uh, because no one uses a string, which is the key. Everyone wants to use the tape. Uh So the challenge is to get it as tall as possible. So I try to do things like that in the classroom because it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's not your typical thing, right? So with other things that I've done is I'll bring in speakers that tell them about curriculums at ASU or Westmec or engineers that tell their story, just like with Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems inspirational. Now, uh, another thing I did recently was with SpaceX. They've been putting their launches on uh, YouTube. Oh, yeah. So I was showing some of that to them. And there was one YouTube video that was really cool that was comparing three vehicles that are currently being used, the Boeing one, the SpaceX um, and then the Russian one, and then they were comparing that to the space shuttle and, you know, which one costs more, which one was more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. And they really liked that. Yeah. Because a lot of them didn't know about the space program. Oh. They, they didn't even know that, you know, we were back at it again. Right, right. So just exposing. Mm-hmm. Because, for instance, a lot of girls feel, this is what we've heard, they don't want to pursue a technical career because they think it's just for boys right and we're like no it's for anybody Mm -hmm. so don't feel like it's just for boys right right 
And I imagine that a lot of that has to go back to, um, you know, like you were saying when you were at the conference last week and um, Mayim, I'm going to butcher her last name, so I won't (laughs) even try, um, from Big Bang Theory was there to kind of talk about, which is actually kind of interesting because her story is a little bit of the reverse, how she started in um, neuroscience and then, you know, went uh, went into acting. But I guess just seeing that, exposure and hearing those stories and actually um, being able to relate to somebody. So I imagine that's a lot of, you know, what Girls in Tech is about is just making it more relatable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't have to be super smart. And that's one of the points she made. You know, mm-hmm. she said, I had to work for my degree. Right. It, it, nothing came easy mm-hmm. for me. And the same for myself personally, when I uh got my engineering degree was difficult. Mm -hmm. But uh, in one way, I had it very easy because when I was in seventh grade at my school, they had exactly what I was talking about, where they had different speakers come and speak to us. We had like a career day every Mm -hmm. month. And this individual from the El Paso Electric Company I'm from El Paso, by the way. Uh, I don't know what he said. I don't remember. But I knew I wanted to do what he did. And at a very young age, that's really rare. But I kept to that. And I accomplished my goal. Even though I'm doing teaching now, I'm glad that I stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Because it was a great experience. Right. But uh, in this day and age, like I'm having a hard time with my children trying to decide what to do. Because there's so many options now. So I think the more they're exposed to things like we provide in Girls in Tech, it gives them a better sense of what they could do for a career. Yeah, and I guess, too, looking at, um, you know, maybe some, look, maybe looking at it more creatively, too, and looking at um, kind of, I guess like a reverse engineering of <laughs> this is um this is what this person does or this is how you know this building was built or this um you know assembly line piece of equipment was created and then pulling that back and looking at okay what exactly does that entail and what kind of um because I think that might be surprising to um some women also is either you know you're you're already have your career and how maybe easily you could make that shift to doing that. Um, But also for girls looking at, you know, maybe they think, oh my gosh, that must take a lot of math classes or Mm -hmm. that must take a lot of science classes or, and I don't really, you know, I'm not really interested in, in math or like you said, I don't, um, you know, I don't get straight A's in math, but looking at it as, um, you know, there, it might not necessarily be what you think it is. Exactly. And there are so many opportunities in tech. You don't have to have an engineering degree. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a software development degree. Many women on our board work in tech, but they don't have tech degrees. They Mm -hmm. may have marketing, accounting, so forth, and so on. So uh, we try to open other people's eyes that tech is not just for people with technology degrees. Right. Mm-hmm. And actually, that was a question I put on my final test. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to have a tech degree to work in tech? Right. And the answer, of course, is no. <laughs> 
Well, hopefully everybody got that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when you are, um, you said you, your board meets once a year to kind of look and plan what that is, you know, plan out your year and, you know, what your goals are and such. What is it entail then? You mentioned committee, being on committees and things like that. So if somebody's wanting to get involved more so um, with girls in tech on that side of things, what kind of a commitment are you looking for? So we have about eight committees. Oh, wow. The One of the biggest is events because, mm. of course, we plan lots of events. Yeah. And that one's the most fun, I think. I oversee that one, and I actually do work for that one because mm-hmm. I'm a— Throughout the years, I have become a really good event planner. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I guess because working at a nonprofit for a long time, because I've been in a nonprofit or for nonprofits since I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been there developing or helping out to plan events. So that's one of the things that I'll always come in and help with if needed. So definitely we need people for that. We also have curriculum and career planning where mm-hmm. we set a schedule of what kind of training do we want to provide our members and set uh, classes or one-day workshops. And that's also fun. We have marketing. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a team of nine working on marketing. Oh, wow. Because uh, and I owe it to Rebecca because she's a marketer. That's mm-hmm. her background and she knows what it entails. So our marketing team is awesome. Mm-hmm. We're on all the social media. They develop graphic designs for us sometimes when needed. Right. So we have an awesome team. It's like professional. <laughs> <laughs> so we have membership who does constant surveys about what we should be doing with our membership. And they are really great with statistics. We have, I believe, about uh, 1,200 signed up in our distribution list. Oh, wow. That's 700 that are actually active Mm -hmm. and respond and so forth and so on. We have a finance person who is an actual accounting person who owns her own firm. And she helps us with that. Let's see what else. Isn't it interesting whenever you talk about finance, you never say, and nine people are volunteering to help with that. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Of course. But, you know, we're still pretty small, so we don't have anything complicated, really. So, I mean, her job is pretty easy. Yeah. Sponsorship. That one's very challenging to try to get companies or individuals to sponsor our events. Mm -hmm. And in fact, now that I remember, (laughs) we are going to sponsor a big gala in March. We haven't pinpointed the date exactly yet, uh, but I think it'll be the first weekend in March where we're going to invite uh, top CEOs from top companies to participate. And also, um, that's how they would contribute as a sponsorship to mm-hmm. Girls in Tech. Uh, and then they can network with each other about you know business, whatever, community events. Right. So that's the first big event. Uh, that involves that caliber of participants that's coming up. Yeah, and I was actually going to touch on, so you talked about kind of your partnership with the Microsoft stores and how well that has been as far as the um, those workshops go. What are some other partnerships, though, that you have in the community that have really helped you guys out with, um, with one, with getting Girls in Tech and AZ back on, um, back on track and um, to continue to grow and offer these events? Well, the one thing I haven't mentioned yet is our scholarship program. 
And we just launched that last year with the help of Axelsoft. They provided the funds and they also assisted with the selection process. And what we did is we selected three women to get training with Bodega. And that's a company that uh, trains. Uh, they do like six week uh, classes on different types of software development. That's the first thing that we've done to try to really find some help for women so they can start a new career. Mm -hmm. So what Accessoft wants to do is they want to offer positions to these women firsthand uh, as a result as well. So we're going to do that program again. I don't know if it'll be uh, the same, but we're hoping to sponsor another set of women so they can get training and then eventually get hired by a tech company. Yeah. And so then is that open to women who are looking for a new career or maybe looking for their first real career? Or? Both. Both. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And it could be older. It could mm -hmm. be younger. Whatever. Right. Right. So, again, uh, those partnerships, it sounds like, have been really helpful. They've for, been fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think there's been anyone that said no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be a part of Girls in Tech. Right, right. And um, it's been great because slowly more people are learning about us and what we do and they want to join in. And it has become a little bit overwhelming because we are volunteers. Right. So at our next strategic planning, we are going to focus on what are our top priorities because we can't do everything. Right. <laughs> and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would think that just from what we've talked about today, a lot of that, um, I think, revolves around just looking at um, and making it, making tech seem more accessible to girls and women, kind of taking some of those uh, misconceptions out of it and thinking that tech is all tech, <laughs> techie. Um, and then also, I think, uh, looking at, um, you know, sometimes, you know, this, these, these just this day and age, I guess, um, a lot of times tech kind of gets a bad rap for look what we're, you know, tech's taking over and look at everything that's going, you know, so bad now because of all this technology and people aren't talking to one another and um, <laughs> people are, think a relationship is all online and this exactly. that kind of thing. But if you look at the flip side of it, and I think that goes along with your um, the hackathon and the things like that you're doing. Look at all the good that can come of that. So for somebody out there who's really looking to make a difference in their community, um, maybe looking at starting just out with um, the hackathon or being able to get involved um, with Girls in Tech in that way and looking for ways that we can move that tech back into uh, a way of helping in the community, mm -hmm. doing more good for the world, helping out in um, like, you know, looking at like social entrepreneurship and the types of things that can be brought about with that technology that maybe weren't so accessible before. Right. And I'm finding that more companies are becoming social companies. Mm -hmm. And that is so cool because they want to help the community. Yeah. And what we've learned is, you get more job satisfaction if you help somebody out. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of job that, you know, I would want to have. Uh, and we recommend that for anyone. 
because it doesn't matter how much money you make. You know, if you feel, of course, if you love your job or you feel like you're helping somebody, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful job. So I've learned more about companies that are doing this. And actually, when we were at the Catalyst Conference, they had another activity at the same time called Amplify, where they had five companies pitch their business idea. And most of them, I think actually all of them were community Mm -hmm. based. Yeah. So that was really amazing. And um, again, I think more people are doing that. Mm -hmm. If you look at Shark Tank, it's that same thing. A lot of them are, you know, to make a better life for people um, or pets. I just saw a pet one the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really taking a look at what the need is and then looking kind of within yourself or your company um, and seeing how you can help, you know, fulfill that need. And um, I was, I, I mentioned, you know, I was at a conference last week as well. I was at the Points of Light conference last week in um, in St. Paul. And it was just amazing to me to see so many, not just nonprofits, but also companies who were there who were looking at ways that they could better partner with nonprofits, not just to offer a volunteer activity for their employees, but what ways could they offer their employees skills. A lot of the switch now is being made to, you know, the skills-based volunteering where um, you might work for a company um, and say at that company you're an accountant or you're in finance, but one of your hobbies happens to be, I don't know, maybe coding or, you know, creating graphics on the side or something to that effect. So instead of going to your employees and saying, okay, we're going to go do this activity today and we're all going to go paint a fence, you know, and a couple of people are going to be like, that's exciting. I love to paint fences. <laughs> but a lot other people are going to be like, oh, is this really the best use of my time? Um, and offering up those opportunities to everybody in the company where they're looking at what their actual skills are, not just necessarily what they do for the company. It could be something that they do outside of the company, hobbies, interests that they have, and, and utilizing that to help out yes. the nonprofits in their communities. Yes, that would be great. Um, if that was definitely done more. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was at a startup weekend I participated in. There was one woman that actually that was her product to try to get a company. I can't remember uh, if it was like uh, Microsoft or something like that, mm-hmm. where those employees could teach uh, school. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they would take one hour a day and go to a campus and teach, say, engineering, Yeah, especially if that school didn't have those kinds of teachers. So the concept was really great. And I was hoping that, you know, she would continue it. I don't know if she did because I asked her, you know, keep me informed yeah. if it comes to fruition <laughs> because this is amazing. Yeah, But, you know, that's a good example of how it would be beneficial for employees to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, we know we talked about a lot of events that you have um, coming up. So we mentioned you have one coming up this Sunday. Again, for anyone um, who has, is it kids ages 15 and um, up or did you? 12. 12. Or um, 8. Okay. 8 to 15. Okay. And that's at the Microsoft store at Scottsdale Fashion, Fashion Square? Square. Okay. Um, yeah. And I can't remember what the topic was this Sunday, but... I don't remember yeah. either, but it's Take from a, 1 to 3, and yeah. you can register on Eventbrite, and it is free. Yeah, and all the events are on there. That mentoring, um, I believe you said those are, are those the on Wednesdays? Crush it Wednesdays. Yes. And um, we're scaling a little down, so we're not overwhelming yeah. our 
people. So we're going to be doing that event every other month. Yeah. And that's at uh, the Kaiser Building on Indian School. Can't remember the cross street. <laughs> but anyway, um, we have those every other yeah. month, the last Wednesday right. of each So month. lots of different ways to get involved in Girls in Tech. Um, and then also lots of different ways for if you um, have a young girl in your life and you're wanting to get them exposed to what that really means to have a career in tech, you know, what that looks like not necessarily has to be what you may think it is, uh, definitely reach out to to Girls in Tech Phoenix because I think what you're doing is amazing as far as, like you said, kind of breaking down um, those barriers for girls and women and, and really exposing them to what it looks like to have um, a career in tech and kind of what those possibilities really are for them. Uh, a couple of things I forgot to mention. As far as activities, in September, we are going to have two other workshops for middle schoolers and high schoolers. One is on machine learning. Can't recall what the other one is, uh, but those are coming up as well. And Great. those are just like uh, one-day events. Yeah. Uh, this I always mention because I'm part of another group called the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, and that's the nonprofit that I've been a member of since I was a freshman. Mm -hmm. And they are coming to town, so maybe you can interview them as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, their national conference will be here the last week of October. Great. And what was the, give that full name again, it's the? The Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. Great. And they're going to be having a conference here in Arizona. Yes. Oh, great. The yeah. last week of October. All right. And they do the same kind of thing where they develop their membership their leadership skills, they help them with uh, pursuing engineering uh, STEM jobs. They do a pre-college program for the local kids to expose them to engineering. Oh, wow. So I'm hoping to take my students Oh yeah. That oh, yeah. Sure. That would be great. They also have a hackathon, mm -hmm. and their prizes are actually better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A pie sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> um, what they do for their technical events, those are aimed for college students, mm -hmm. so that's why they give a little more money. And they group teams from different schools. Oh, okay. So they don't know each other. Oh, wow. So um, that's an amazing, amazing uh, organization. Yeah. So many great things coming up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, I think we covered so much information today. So I do want to give you um, a moment here. Just if somebody wants to reach out and contact you or get in touch with Girls in Tech, let them know how to do that. Otherwise, once this um, is posted on the Phoenix Business Radio X website as a podcast, we'll definitely have all of the contact information there, website and social. But for anyone who's listening right now and they're like, I can't wait for that to go up on the website. I need to know more about this now. Um, what's the best way for them to get more information about Girls in Tech Phoenix? So two ways. You can be added automatically to our distribution list if you go to www girlsintech.org and just find us on that global map and just enter your information there. But if you're really, really in need of talking to someone, you can contact me via email, melissa.drake at girlsintech.org. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on today and talking to us all about girls in tech um, and women in tech and tech in general. I can't wait to 
kind of learn hear some more about the events once they take off um, here and definitely that robot competition too that sounds amazing so yes if you're listening to this and you have a um a girl in your life that you think would love to do this robot competition that sounds awesome is i forgot to ask the competition is it open to the public then to watch the competition yes. or oh great yes. and they have it in different venues okay it's not just one competition it's oh, wow. several and typically they're hosting them at schools like different high schools mm-hmm. for example so we don't know the schedule yet they don't really disclose anything until the official kickoff of right. the event which will be in september okay well, great. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Thank for, you for having yeah. me. This was so fun. Oh, good. We're well, glad you liked it. Um, you've been listening to 3C Amplified, where we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating to amplify their impact. And we hope we've inspired you to do the same in your community. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline Stremps with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a digital marketing strategy to put your organization's mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. Visit anotherhandadvantage.com to learn more and connect.